Hi, I'm Laura Hinshaw, co-founder and CEO of Keep It Cleaner, and welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Kennedy, and I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself. Laura's, welcome to the show again. Hello again. How have you been? I've been good. I'm worried. About? Because I don't know what we're talking about. Usually I don't go on podcasts unless I get my questions. But Oh, is that right? Yeah. You one Usually of those I, I ask what we're going to talk about. Genuinely? So like when you are a guest on someone else's show, you have to get a rundown of what's going to come up? I just like to know what we're covering so I can be prepared. Oh, yeah. oh well. <laughs> I'm prep. Your preparation person, aren't you? For everything but the podcast. <laughs> okay. Well, free flow is better. Okay. Well, it's like if we caught up for a, a chat or a coffee, I'm not going to send you through, hey... <laughs> Um, like on the flight over to Perth, um, we're going to talk about this. <laughs> Wouldn't do that, would we? You know what? And I something that I thought was so fantastic. I was listening to Trini from Trini London, which mm-hmm. is a she's a very very successful entrepreneur with her business, mm-hmm. and she was talking about how she has got a group of friends of girlfriends that all own. They have amazing jobs. Like mm-hmm. one of them was like the CEO of the Outnet, which is huge. Yeah. And they all catch up. And when they catch up, they pre-email the questions, topics. the topics that wow. because they're all business, they all run businesses. Yep. And so they want to make sure that when they catch up, they've covered Making some of the stuff that uh, they were trying, that they've been struggling with, whether cool. they wanted to work I through. Like that. So I, I, I did like that. I, I told it to Steph and she said, what was her answer? <laughs> She's like, we can't plan everything, Laura. <laughs> yeah. But I said, no, no, that's fine because we, we have agendas for our meetings. But I just I thought that was actually no, I don't mind that. I did really like that. Pretty productive, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not that I'm not that organised here. I'll tell you that. Hey, um, since we since you were on a podcast last, obviously, you know, we had Steph on last week or the week before, whenever it was. Yeah. Um, and it's obviously been a while since. You guys have been on. I think the last time you were on was during lockdown. Both of you, I had both of you on during lockdown. It was on Zoom. Is that the, yes, I remember. Yes. Um, you made fun of my been, books. What books? There was none. You had a bookshelf and it was like one book. That's <laughs> why I books. made fun of it. It was like one book you in a bookshelf. <laughs> Has it filled up since then? Yes. Brilliant. Um, there's obviously been a lot of growth within Keep It Cleaner since then. Um, particularly most recently the uh, the run program on the app, which is very cool, treadmill program. Tell us about how the last 12 months has been in terms of the, the growth of not only the app and like the user experience and whatnot, but also like the business aspect of it in terms of building a team um, and learning on the fly in terms of like communicating with staff and building, a, you know, like the, the community values around... In, in the actual office because I know from a business mm. side of things, that's something that you really enjoy as well and you're very good at. Um, so I'd love to hear about the growth over the past 12 months. There's about 10 questions in there. Yeah, I should have sent through the list for <laughs> Where should we start? So I think the past 12 months, so it's actually been, and I mean I, I'm sure it's probably not dissimilar to other businesses that are in the health and fitness space that are online mm-hmm. focused. I mean like you are in a lot of ways. It has been really, what's been really hard is adjusting to the post-COVID normal as people Mm. start to change their habits and maybe get back to the gym and do Mm. a hybrid approach. Uh, A lot of, us included, a lot of apps had huge growth through COVID. And so it's been all about adjusting to that now and what, 
you know, re realigning expectations. And for us, we launched we launched the app in 2018. So we had late 2018. So yep. we had 2019 and then we kind of went straight into COVID. Mm-hmm. So forecasting has been difficult. probably more difficult <laughs> than normal because yeah. obviously we had this pandemic in the middle of it. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's that been difficult. It's been, I feel like this year, it has felt like a really long year. Yep. Uh, I'm definitely, I was saying to Steph, I was saying I was crawling to the end of the year, but now I feel like I've been like a worm. A worm. Like I'm not even crawling. <laughs> worm. I'm worming. Yeah. I'm worming to the end of the year, just, just <laughs> squiggling. But I, I think the hardest thing's probably been we've kind of come out of COVID, but then things haven't been, I don't know, getting them back to normal. I think I'm really excited for a new start next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of the business growth, it has been, it's been really exciting. So just, the treadmill. Just yeah. on that, sorry, before you get going. The like, worm. Not on the worm. <laughs> what has the... What has the trend been in terms of like use of the workouts and whatnot? Like you said, it's obviously pre-COVID and post-COVID is different. So has the users continued to stay elevated like from what it was before COVID or what have you, like what yeah, has the behavior been? Yeah, we have, which you? has been, and it's a huge testament to our team that we've been yep. able to sustain that. Awesome. And I think what's been, I mean, it's it's got in 2020, in March 2020, if you had a fitness and health app, mm-hmm. getting people on it, to use it was so much easier than now, yeah, right? Yeah. So I think, and also keeping them on there. So mm. it's more so now we have to do a lot more work and produce a lot more content, um, really focus on, we've done a huge focus on retention. Our retention metrics have incre- increased year on year, which is really, really Great. exciting. Yeah. But it is a lot more work is required because people now have the option. So you yeah. have to make it the best option for them. But I think one thing that's been great is, and I'm, I wonder if you've seen this as well with your business is, people are more open to working out at home. I think before COVID, a lot of people would have thought, no, 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 my home environment is my home environment. I can't get in a good workout mm. at home. And I yeah. used to be like that before kit. You used to think, yeah. well, no, I have to go to the gym. And even though you do exactly the same thing you could do at home yeah. if you just had some dumbbells and stuff, you think that you can't do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so what's been great is it's opened up a lot of people's minds to what you know, what their workout routines can look like and they don't have to drive 30 minutes to the gym, you know, to do a class Mm -hmm. or to do whatever they want to do. They can do it at home. Um, But at the same time, I think the thing with kick that we have, we've got so many different, as you know, workout types. So there's so much flexibility in what people do. So we see that some people might use all of the Pilates classes. They're super, super popular. And then they might also use the running program or some people might just do your strength workouts. Mm -hmm. And then maybe do one treadmill session per week. Yep. Or some people might use it for yoga and recipes because we've got so much content in yeah. there. Um, we have some people who might just use the app for meditations and that's because yeah, right. they love it. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's, that's, cool. fan- that's fantastic. Um, but yeah, so it's been it's been more so that we've just had to do, and I'm sure every other business is similar in the, in the space. Mm. You just have to do a lot more work because yeah. people have options, right? Which mm. is what the, the yeah. norm is not being in COVID and being locked yeah. down. And yeah. we don't want to ever go back there. No. So that's really, really important. Um, then but in it terms is crazy of though because like the, the adjustment was so drastic and quick yep. that people did actually get very good at adjusting. But then it was almost harder to then adjust back to what it was like before, I found. A hundred percent. Yeah. In terms of, do you mean in terms of? I was like going from normal to COVID. Routine, yeah. It was it happened so quick, mm. but particularly because you didn't know when it was going to end. It was like, all right, I can adjust to this, and now I'm sweet. I'm adjusted. Like, it, well, obviously, it wasn't great, but you adjust quite quick. And then when it goes back to normal, it's like, holy shit! I've almost gotten comfortable with being like how it was before. I think I I didn't 
function as well during COVID is mm. like some people, like for example, I don't know if you talked to Steph about it, but Steph loved like the slow routine in the morning, like yep. that really worked for Steph, yep. right? Whereas I, and so she was able to take things from COVID that she then now mm-hmm. has been implementing into everyday life that has made her feel more energized yeah. and feel better, more balanced. For me, COVID was really hard because I'm a like type A personality, plan everything. Yep. I'm so much, the, the busier I am, the more organized I am. Same. So that type of environment for me was really hard. So I prefer it's interesting now i think i've adapted i i I do think it's crazy how as humans we can just adapt so quickly because i don't know how i'd ever go back there again right yeah but you don't know we did it we did it like i don't think i'd ever be able to go back to lockdown again but we did it and we probably could go back right um but i think for me it's been as much as i some things was maybe slowing down and feeling less stress but then i think i felt more stress because i wasn't feeling like me yeah i know 100 percent what you're saying like i I was quite similar in a way that, like, I'm very much like you in terms of, like, I just love when there's a heap of shit going on. Like, I, I like that and I function well off that. And, like, mm. even mentally, like, I just feel good when it's like that. Um, but then also one of the benefits that I found was cutting out a lot of stuff, whether it was, like, places I was going and, you know, not to be rude at all, but, like, people that I was spending time with and whatnot that I was just kind of doing it because it was just become a mm. habit or, like, you just felt like you had to or whatever. And then you realise that, like, fuck, I've just shaved off, like, a lot of stuff that I was doing before and that's freed up more time to put into the things I do want to be doing and allows Mm. me to be more productive. So that's one thing I found difficult coming out of it a little bit is that then now you've got a lot more freedom and stuff, but it's then trying to manage all that time now to keep it in the places you you found were more impactful, Mm. if that makes sense, because there's so much more option. How do you do you do do you say no to someone? Like if some, I can't imagine if someone wants to catch up with you and you're like, no, this is not where I want to spend my time. Yeah. Well, I don't necessarily just say no to someone. I, I'm just trying to become like set a much higher standard for myself in terms of mm. like where I spend my time. So like it might be in a different way, right? So if someone's like, oh, let's catch up and have a drink or go out for dinner and stuff, I might be like, oh, look, I've got heaps on this weekend or like this mm. is the only time to have some downtime like but I've got an hour on this day. Do you want to grab a coffee or like go for a walk, come train with me or something like that. Mm -hmm. So then you're still, you're not necessarily like telling someone that you don't want to see them, but it's more so just like making better use of the time that you're with them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah. But anyway, going back to what you were talking about before. With Yeah. Okay. So this year, what else have we, so it's, it's crazy as well. I feel like this year again, and I think I wonder now if if this is what we say, but it has felt like the longest year. Mm. It has felt very it ha- long. It ha- anyway, yeah. so when I look back and think of... Because even like the kick tour. Yeah. The first part. We did it twice this year. Yeah. That, that feels like, like last year, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. And we did that in yeah. March, which isn't even that long ago. I find wow. myself doing that often. I'm like, oh, that was last year. I'm yeah. like, oh my God, no, that was like four months ago. Yeah. But it wasn't that long ago. But it has felt really long. But one of the, I think the biggest highlight for me this year at kick has been launching the treadmill workouts, as yeah. you said. I, so cool. I love... Because tre- you do you do any treadmill running? Like interval sessions? I'll be perfectly honest. Like I, I, on a normal treadmill, I just, I don't necessarily enjoy that. I just find for like, I, I love running. Yes. But just running on a treadmill for me just doesn't. Not your vibe. Not my vibe. Like I, I don't mind like the form runner type treadmills or whatever. Yes, but I've even done that, that with you. Like, when you don't even turn it on, you just do dead mills. Yeah. Call. But I don't know. Just something about like just being, doing it outside, I, I prefer. But I know a lot of people that are the opposite that would like, it could be the nicest day outside and they would much prefer to just run on a treadmill. 
the thing I love about treadmill running, because I love, I also love outdoor running, like yeah. my mental health getting outside is so, so, so important, is that I can't interval training outside. I hate it. Like to yeah. do, I, it's just not, I find it really, really hard to do speed up for 400 meters and then go slower. Speed you know up, when it gets really hard? When? Is if you're not, say, like I hate running around an oval, firstly, so mm. I wouldn't do that. But if I was, say, running around Albert Park Lake and you're doing an interval and you're like almost there and you're like, oh, fuck, I've got to stop. <laughs> Because <laughs> the interval's okay. done. I'm almost there. Well, that's why for <laughs> intervals, I love, I prefer treadmill running. Because I can, you can, like on it, like because on the treadmill, I can get up to 23. Pretty fast. That's a flex. <laughs> that is a flex. <laughs> well, I can. Wow. I, I've been practicing, right? That's a flex, yeah. That's I, cool, but yeah. Because of <laughs> no, that, that though, is impressive. Well, thank you. you I, do don't, run I very didn't fast need you to say that, but thank you. That's okay. But outside, you cannot catch me running 23 kilometers now. I couldn't get there. So the treadmill enables me to push myself. Get dog to drive it's next a to you. <laughs> touch the speed. <laughs> but the treadmill enables me to push myself in yeah. a different way that I can push myself running mm-hmm. outside. Because running outside, I usually do endurance. But on the treadmill, I feel like, and it's something that I think, I mean, even if it's not treadmill running, it's in any workout. When you push yourself harder than you thought you could, mm-hmm. you I find that I then break through mental barriers yeah. in every other element of my life. Because mm-hmm. you think if you, it, it's just I, that's why I think it, like running and, and exercise in general is so powerful for our mindset. Obviously, which is what you yeah. preach every single day, because you it's one environment where you can. It, you are challenging yourself a lot, but it's a very safe environment. Like there's not a lot of, I mean, falling off the treadmill is risky. I'm just, I have done it. It is risky. So aside from that, I no, I haven't. I was on 12. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder if you die if you fell off at 23. I do think about that sometimes. But anyway. Probably not what you want to be thinking <laughs> about. <away laughs> from that. But it's exercise is a very safe environment for you to test your comfort zone mm-hmm. and push yourself and challenge yourself in an environment that you can control because you're controlling how far you're challenging yourself mm. on. Or maybe you work with a trainer, so they are, but it's a very, very safe environment. And, and a very that, fast way, in my opinion, yeah, to build your confidence. A hundred percent. And yeah. you can take that mindset, you proved it to yourself mm-hmm. and that mindset shift and you can bring that into your work life. You might be going yeah. to a job interview and you thought, well, I, I proved to myself that I could do it. It's just such an amazing way yeah. to build confidence. And so with the treadmill sessions on kick, I made sure that in every session I was, well, unless they were 10 minutes, it was a bit hard to bring a, a full story message into a 10 minute <laughs> session, but anything longer than that. Um, I, just I, for everyone listening or watching, I've never gone for a run with someone who can talk <laughs> at the same pace and run at a decent pace for the whole time. I just love – I can talk underwater, I reckon. But the, the talking <laughs> on the treadmill – so when we filmed them, so what they – for anyone that's like, what the heck are you talking about? We filmed the yeah. whole <laughs> treadmill workout. Yep. So it's – if it's a 30-minute mm-hmm. session, Similar I'm on the, the treadmill. The, exactly right. The master class yeah. on kick. So it's like when Danny's telling you yeah. to do the squats or whatever – I'm on the treadmill telling you, (laughs) exactly. I'm telling you to to run faster or slower or put your incline on or whatever. And when we filmed it, it was, it was, it's so again, this comes back to the, our, the power of our mind. I hadn't run further than 15K in a very long time. I haven't. And we did, we had to film it over three days. It's just the way that we film. And I ended up doing, I think it was like 18, 21 and 30K over three days. I had one day in between. Mental. And I, it was crazy that I could do that because I just knew this is what I have to do. You told yourself that. So I that's had what to had do to it. Be done, and there wasn't like a second option. It's like this is. What you just got to do it, right? Yeah, hundred percent. 
So, and I also, I think the, the more impressive thing is that I spoke for that whole oh time. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> <That's all nice>. <laughs> <laughs> I think there was more time. But anyway, what I wanted to do with all those sessions is set and because because running helps so much with my mental health. Like, mm. I don't know what mental position I would be in if I didn't have running. Like, it's it's my state. And I, that's why full, I also, I'm at, if I, yeah, and that's yeah. why I, I <laughs> seriously, <laughs> I am so cautious of getting injured and looking after my body because I know how much running, mm-hmm. I'm really scared of like, if I get injured or whatever, like yeah. how that affects my mental health because I rely on it so much. But because of the impact running can have my mental health, I wanted to choose themes for each session yep. that, kind of I just wanted to give it justice of like the impact of what Mm -hmm. treadmill sessions can have on my mental health to help out this so it might be like overcoming a big barrier in life or you know building confidence back up pushing yourself out of your comfort zone comfort zone um pushing not pushing that's that's a horrible thing to say but moving away from people in your life that don't serve you or make you feel good and all those things because I just feel like running just makes such an impact on my mental health and so that was that's probably out of this whole year the highlight like when we got in the set and Hmm. I got to stand on the treadmill for the first time I was literally and I think that's what got me through all that the long sessions because I was like I feel like I'm born to be here and I posted on my story a picture of the treadmill room (laughs) before it had been announced (laughs) did I text you or I think about three people would go <laughs> yourself, failure step. Yeah, that was good. Um, no, that's really cool. But uh, on that confidence topic, mm. I'm taking a turn here because mm. this is how this is how <laughs> I planned it out. Well. Just go with the flow. For someone that's listening, that um, even though you know you've just said that with the treadmill sessions and whatnot, like when you push yourself, it does build your confidence. Mm. I think a lot of people, and and you know, you're very good at sharing this type of stuff in your content through socials and whatnot. But for someone that has just very minimal confidence at the moment and like whether it be because they've never really worked out before whether they've had something happen in their life or just never been exposed to someone that has been able to elevate their confidence alongside them like what's your advice for someone that that is kind of at a very very low level of confidence at the moment to at least take that first step and start to build it back up i think with confidence the hardest thing is that it it's up to us and I think that's what makes it really hard when you're in a really low state of confidence, mm. which I've been there so many times. I think we all have confidence. It's not – it's definitely – and this is the biggest cliche ever, but it's a journey. It's not – you don't get to a point where you're like, I'm a confident yeah. person now. I'm just going to never have to work on it again. Mm-hmm. You have to keep working on it. And the the most successful people in the world, I think this is what helped me with my confidence, have self-doubt. Like I just finished Michelle Obama's new book, yep. which I really like, by the way, I recommend. Mm-hmm. She, a lot of it, there's a big theme through it of herself overcoming self-doubt and how she does that. And for her, it's all about preparation, which I relate to a lot. But I think knowing, like for me, knowing that someone like Michelle Obama has self-doubt, that makes me think, okay, who do I think I am? I'm going to get rid of this. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like we think that we have to do all these things to become more confident, but that's absolutely not the case at all because achieving more things and becoming more successful in quotation marks, whatever that means for everyone listening, that doesn't give us confidence, right? Mm. It comes from within and I think we so often rely on other people to bring our confidence up but that means that we are never in control of it. So I think for me in building my confidence up when when I am in a low phase, which is really hard and if you're listening and you're going through that, it's – it is one of the hardest places to be in because I know for me what helps me get out of like a rut with my confidence when I'm feeling really shit 
is to put myself back out there and prove to myself that I can do it. Mm -hmm. But when you are feeling like shit and you've got no confidence, the last thing you want to do is put yourself back out there. So it's like a slow, gradual thing of do things that make you feel more like you Mm -hmm. when you are at your confident self. But you have to make small – and it might not be – you don't have to go on a stage and speak to a 1,000 people. Like that's ridiculous, right? That's extreme. But little things that – you can do gradually to build up. It's like how you break down goal setting. That's exactly yeah. what you have to do with building your confidence back up because mm-hmm. it's not – it's something that I feel like we just think that – it's kind of like happiness. We think that we just don't have to do anything or do any put any work in and yeah. we're just going to feel happy. Yeah. It's just going to come to us. Your confidence, your happiness is not just going to come to you. You have to do the work yeah. to make that happen. And I think too you have to be realistic, like especially when it comes to happiness – that you're not going to get to a point exactly the same thing where you feel happy and then you're never going to have to tr- feel any other emotion it, yeah. again, right? We're, we're as humans, like we have so many emotions and that's normal. But it's trying to find the joy in the small moments in life, obviously. And it's the same thing with confidence. Some, you might have a week where three days you feel like on top of the world, like you can do anything. Mm-hmm. And you might have three days where you feel like you can't do anything yeah. and that's okay. Yeah, I think it's trying to understand that you the best position to be in is neutral. In my opinion. But then also just having the understanding that like you have to expect that to come. But then it's very hard to do. But I find – I feel like I've gotten better at it too is that when things are really good, it's like being extremely grateful and seeing them for what it is and, and you know, all that stuff and appreciating it and, and enjoying that time. But then also understanding that it's it's not going to always stay there. Like you'll have highs and lows mm. and it's trying to stay neutral. And there's this quote in a meditation that I listen to all the time. Like the goal is not to – chase or to to always be happy it's to find joy in everything Mm. i think that's like there's a big difference between like fulfillment and joy and happiness if that makes any sense very interesting that you brought up self-doubt because steph brought it up as well um but how i wanted to tie that into this conversation because i don't want it to be like a fucking carbon copy of the one i have with steph (laughs) and just different answers um obviously now like running a business outside Mm. of you know just you know, producing content and delivering like the the actual practical side of things through the app, communicating with staff and, you know, building a, a team and an environment where people, you know, thrive and want to be there and whatnot. A lot of this stuff I'm assuming you're having to kind of like learn on the fly because you've never been in this position before where you're running like such a big business and having new tasks and new challenges come at you all the time. So like on self-doubt and then also around like vulnerability because that's something that um, I think is extremely powerful and I feel like you have to have some form of vulnerability, if not a lot of it, to, to do well and to thrive yourself. So what have been some of the things that you've had self-doubt around within the workplace and then the things that you've been super vulnerable about that you've kind of worked on or, or seen improvement on or maybe there's something that you're working on at the moment? Oh, good question. So I think in terms of what do I have self-doubt on in the workplace in my role? Everything, <laughs> literally yeah. everything. I mean, yeah, I've never, I've never done my role before. And I think I wouldn't have taken it if I did not think that I was the best person to run our company. So I think that's really, really important. I'm not, when I mm. say I have self-doubt, I don't doubt my ability. Oh, I mean, I do. I suppose that's what self-doubt is. You doubt your ability, but I also... Self-aware enough to know that you are capable of doing it. But you have to, right? Yeah. You can't. I can't take this yeah. role on and think that I can't do it. Like yeah. I know where we're going and same with like obviously Steph is the biggest support of my role. and uh, but, but it doesn't mean that I get everything right. And I think especially in terms of, you know, setting a vision and a strategy for the company is very different to managing a team of people. Like they're mm. completely different skill sets, right? Yeah. And I think too with, with Steph and I, a lot of our team, we might be a tiny bit, 
younger than them. And I think that that can be hard, right, too. Yeah. And we might have had different experiences. And I think the thing that I've had to become clearer and clearer on is that to trust that even though I don't know everything, that I do know enough mm-hmm. that I can trust my intuition and my gut. And I do. I do. I don't make decisions. with. We have advisors, which is so yeah. helpful. They support. I'm. I'm very. Uh, you probably, probably can tell from listening. I'm not. Maybe not uptight is the right word, but I'm, it's the wrong word. That makes me sound horrible. Well, Why do weird. we always use that that word? No, I'm very planned, um, and I'm very. I think about things a lot, and I put a. I, I'm, you yeah. have to be decisive. It's extremely important in the role. There's no point yeah. of dwelling on things for weeks and weeks and weeks. But if I'm making a decision, I get all the information that I have available to me. Approach, exactly yeah. right. And then I make a decision, and then whatever decision you make, this is something I've had to learn actually. Don't dwell in the decision that you didn't make. Mm-hmm. You can spend months and months and months thinking, yes. oh, if only we chose this, but you can't go back and change it. So mm-hmm. you just have to keep moving forward yeah. with the decision that you make. Mm-hmm. Think about it. I talked to their advisors and everything. Make the decision, move forward. Yep. And so I think because I do put a lot of time and effort into everything that I do, I have to trust myself that I am doing the right thing. And and I think as well, being a leader, this has been the biggest lesson in the word, world for me. Being liked is not my number one KPI. And that is that. Yeah. really hard. It is hard, yeah. And it's hard because I love all of our team so much. Mm. Like I have friendships with all of them. They're they're wonderful people. They make kick what it is. But being liked isn't what's going to no. build a successful business. Exactly right. And I know improve, yeah. in five years if I'm sitting here and just say, you know, we've got kick to where we dream that we can get it to. And I do believe we can get it there. Yeah. That will not help me get there because I think that will it, – it makes it hard to give feedback. It makes it hard to make decisions yeah. and it makes it hard to always put the, the business first because at the end of the day, my role as CEO of Kick is to do the best by the business at mm. all times, right? And being liked is not something that's in there. And it doesn't mean that I need to be – I would never – like. And, and what I've been okay with in that and where I'm finding it a bit easier to – come to terms with because really important especially now I think for the first few years it was I could get away with it but now yep. it's like no nah, I've got to I've got to work through this is that my value system I know my value system I know that I'm a kind person I know that I put myself in other people's shoes I know that I think of others yep. I know that I'm not I know that I'm a good person right mm. and so I can still do my job and be decisive and do the things that I need to do and act in the best interest of the business while still having that value system. So I need to trust that that's there and I know I'm not always going to get it right. Mm -hmm. But I think that's been the hardest, hardest thing by far. On that, um, on that topic, like do you then, is that something that you're able to then pass on to the staff to allow them to understand that they should act in that way too? Because they're all obviously there for a reason. Like Mm. everyone who's in whatever position they're in, they're being chosen for that position because there's obviously belief from yourself and Steph and the team that, they are the best person for the job. So how – I'm trying to think of how to ask the question, but like how do you kind of like pass on to them the, mm. the confidence to be decisive about what they do in their role because they're obviously going to make the best decision for whatever task that is or whatever area of the business that is because they are there for that very reason without having too much thought to the fact that like, you know, mm. I've got Steph or Laura – here who are clearly in charge I'm not, I'm not i don't want to say in charge but like you know this is essentially their business mm. but i know that this is the best decision so is that hard to then communicate between yourself and a staff member around like whether you have uh, varying opinions 
Oh, I think, I mean, it's important. I think it's very, very, we wouldn't have a team unless, and this is what I'm very, very clear on, like in my head, there's no point of having a team if you think that you can do everything. Yeah. And I definitely do not think that I can do everything. Absolutely yeah. not. That would have, if Seth and I didn't hire anyone and we thought that we knew everything, would have we would nowhere near be where we are today. Mm-hmm. Like that would hold us back. Yeah. However, I think what is, there, there are things where people, because the other thing is the, we've had a lot of experience in, the industry, like in the fitness. Yeah, the, sure. Also, I think what's quite difficult in our industry is it is quite new. Mm. And so it's changing a lot too. Exactly right. Finding the balance between for the team, the thing that's important in the team in terms of making decisions on that mm-hmm. is that I'll support them in any decision if they need it. But if we fail, we fail fast. And that's really, really important. Yeah. So we make a decision, we make a call on it. But if we're going to go with whatever thing we're going to say, we're going to decide to do X, whatever yep. X is. Yep. We need to know how we're going to measure success mm-hmm. on that decision. Yep. And if that decision is failing, we have to understand what failing and success means within whatever that mm. decision is to then be able to work out, do we stop this? Do we make a call yep. on it right now and we pivot? Because that's the thing with being a, like a smallish business and something, one of our key values and at kick internally is being nimble. It's very, yep. very, very important. Mm-hmm. So we can make a call if we make the wrong call. And this is a bit different. When I say, when I was talking before around decision-making around, if you make a decision, you just have to move yeah, forward with yeah, it. Yeah. You can still be nimble around that, yep. right? But if we've made a decision to hire someone or whatever it might be, a decision that you can't just change in two weeks, that's the one you have to kind of, you've made the decision, you move forward and you mm-hmm. ad- adapt as you go. But with this, it's in three weeks if we realise, okay, this isn't working, we need to pivot, yeah. it's okay. You yeah. don't need to see something out for You're three – just because right. you did a three-month strategy yeah. plan or whatever it might yeah. be on this, you don't need to see it out if it's not going to work because yeah. we've tested here and here and it is very unlikely that this is going to you yeah. know, be successful if we continue it. So I think that's what's really, really important. And then knowing as, as long as we're continually testing and iterating because no, as you said, like it's, it's new, it's – all of this stuff is so new. There's so, especially for us, like social media is such a big part of our marketing. Social media changes literally every week, which is so mm. hard. It's like you have to continue learning and learning, but you only learn Adapting, through testing yeah. yeah, and just immersing yourself into it, but test and test and test and test. So I think for me, if someone made a decision in our business on something and didn't have clear success or failure metrics yeah. and then didn't continue to test and iterate and just left it, mm. then that would not be okay, right? Yeah, but as long so. as that's very, very clear, then of course you have to empower people to make those decisions. Lovely. Well, you're both doing an exceptional job and no, uh, thanks, I'm looking Dan. forward to seeing what the next 12 months brings because the last 12 months has been We have a 12-month check-in? Yeah. Is that, is that what we do? Yeah. If, if you're lucky. <laughs> we do it. Yeah. We'll see how we <laughs> and go. And Dan comes on the kickpot. We do a swap every 12 months. We do. We yeah, do. We do. Uh, but no, thanks for coming on. Sorry, I know you've got places to be. Um, but no, I appreciate it as always. And um, no, you are doing an exceptional job and thanks, you both Dan. should be very proud of yourselves. And I'm very excited to see what's next and, and the growth for the next 12 months and beyond. Thank you. And thank you. you. Everyone who's listening or watching, uh, thank you firstly. We very much so appreciate it. That's a good <laughs> sentence. Very much so. Very much so appreciate it. Um, and if you haven't checked out Keeper Cleaner and you've been living under a rock, make sure you do. <laughs> And if you've enjoyed this episode today, please do take a screenshot and share it on Instagram story. Tag myself, tag Laura. Um, And again, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy the rest of your day.